Welcome back, I suppose. I am delighted to announce that today's podcast is sponsored by the local town crier service, Town Square Space. I mean, I say that I'm delighted, but as you can imagine, I'm being less than completely sincere. Town Squarespace provides an all-in-one platform that gives you everything you need to announce your announcements or proclaim your proclamations. Who writes this stuff? Town Squarespace's professional town criers are at least 30% louder than any other town criers. Whether you're just getting started or are an established brand, our powerful platform helps your business grow. I remember when it was perfectly acceptable to announce your next genocidal plan by posting it on the local notice board, but apparently no one looks at notice boards anymore, so you have to pay a man to bellow in people's faces. You people sicken me. Back to the podcast. I have let Russ Morrissey and Peter Coffey out of the dungeon for a few hours. You're lucky you can't smell them. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morrissey's unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I, as always, am Morris, aka Russ, or Russ, aka Morris, and with me today is Peter Goffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Russ, it's fantastic to be here. Hi, Peter. Hi, how you doing? How you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? I, I noticed you uh, free running across the obstacle course outside the front of my house today. Yeah, pretty much. It was. Not not too shabby. Uh, I was able to practice my cat leaps and uh, make some distance. It was good. <laughs> Just yeah. for context, because the listeners won't have any idea what we're talking about. I'm, I'm having a driveway put in and there's loads of builders and digging things. And Well, I must say, that's not what you told me. You said you were installing an evil overlord style magma trap, uh, to which I suggested uh, maybe it- make a balsa wood... Uh, pathway. Yeah, it is going to be a lava pit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that, that will cut down a lot on the door-to-door salesman, as I said. So. I was going to put piranhas in the lava pit, but then I suddenly thought... Oh, no, you can't use piranhas. What, I don't what? think the piranhas would survive very long in a lava Unless they've got no. robotic piranhas. Ooh, robotic piranhas with lasers on their head. Hmm, why not? Uh, the problem with that, of course, is the budgetary constraints, because unless your Kickstarter does a lot better than you think it will, um, they do cost something in the region of... One million dollars. Each? Yes. Oh, damn. <laughs> I know, right? It's all good. Like one for all laser and how, how do you know this? How do you not? <laughs> Are you telling me you've let your uh, subscription to Evil, Evil Overlord monthly subscribe? Oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know there's like an Evil Overlord list? That's, the, that's Peter's Evil Overlord list. Ooh. I'm not that Peter, I'd like to clarify. But, you know, the point remains. Ah, you're just a Peter. I'm just say, Peter, one of many. We're a legion. Should we do some RPG news? Oh, go on. Just for the hell of it. Yeah, why, why not? not? Yes. Okay, then. Let's do some RPG news. Huzzah! Okay, so there was an article over on Bloomberg. Oh, yes, yes. It was called The Rise of the Professional Dungeon Master. Okay. And it was all about this chap who's getting $500 yes. per session to professionally run games for his... Uh, oh, I see. Right. Okay. Yes. Good, see, good. There's, there's a picture off. of him. He's a very dramatic-looking man. A nice big beard and a very sort of dramatic face on him there. Yes, yes. Um, I noticed that his uh, fireplace is covered with a picture of a cloth holding bookshelves as opposed to actual bookshelves. Oh, yes. <laughs> I didn't yes. notice that. Yeah, yes. Okay. <laughs> Lots of miniatures about his room and stuff like that. Yeah. What was oh, this chap's name, then? Uh, Devon... Devon, even Devon? Devon Chulik. 
Devin Chulik. Devin Chulik. So, um, yeah, so yes, it's, it's an article about the sort of rise of uh, professional dungeon masters. Yes. I feel like there's an article about this in some some um, outlet every six months or so. Professional games masters, how I might call them, to distinguish them from other people who might have a very similar sort of job title. Dungeon masters, yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. Took me a second there. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I was wondering why you were talking about it. I was like, <laughs> well, it's interesting, but I mean, there are for equality. But anyway, moving on. Um, what, what was I saying? Before you so rudely interrupted? I was just asking a clarifying question. That's hardly a rude interruption. All right, so the article said that 40 million people were playing D&D every year. That's a lot of people. That is a hell of a lot of people. That's like the size of a country. Yes. Where did they get these statistics? Well, it's it's interesting. It was uh, an estimated 40 million people. And uh, I I, I wrote about this on EN World, Uh just sort of saying, hey, Bloomberg has said this. And the interesting thing about this is, according to um, the article, there's 40 million people playing D&D every year. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. Uh, But then um, Wizards of the Coast PR um, people um, contacted me and uh-huh. said, uh, actually, Bloomberg, Bloomberg got it wrong. Yes. It's not 40 million people every year. It's 40 million people since 1974, which is a slightly different statistic. That is a slightly different statistic. Yes. yes. So what they're saying is 40 million people have played D&D, which is still a lot of people, and it's still nearly a country. I still didn't answer my question, on what basis is this made? Um, I could not tell you. No. I mean, it's according to Wizards of the Coast, so... They're I just, assume Mrs. the Coast is some kind of... Did they mean even mean for me in paint? Well, anyway, sorry. Let's move on. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'll ask him. I won't yeah. ask him. You won't ask them. I won't ask him. No. They're not yeah. talking to you. You know why. Yeah. You know what he did. <laughs> so, so, so how does being a professional dungeon master work? Uh, basically, you charge $500 or so for a four-hour game session. $500 for a four-hour game session? Yeah. I get the impression you, you, know, you have to make it really good. No, um, you've got to have all the props you need and it's got to be atmospheric and with handouts and you know it's got to be a really 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 good atmospheric session in a nice environment well you're basically paying for theatre tickets at that point so oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Well, four, like, well four hours so you've got a group of four people so it's a hundred dollars each yeah for four hours so twenty five dollars for an hour per person yes not too bad that, that's a theatre ticket so you're going to this person's uh, one man show. I, I mean, like, fair enough. If he can, if people pay it, then and that pays his rent, then good. Yeah, fair play to him. But yeah. uh, what else do we have? I don't know. What else do we have? What else do we have? You tell me. What do we have? Mm, I heard that there was a certain moderately interesting Kickstarter that might have broken the seventy thousand pound mark. Oh yes, and there's only four days left. Four days left. So by the time oh. people hear this, there'll be one day left. Yes. You best get in on that. Unless they hear it late, in which case there'll be no days left. Oh, unlucky. That would be unfortunate. You'll just but have to go to drive through RPG like the rest of us. Eventually. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, the um, a Touch More Class Kickstarter. Yes. There you go. Me forgetting the name of my own Kickstarter for a second there. Uh, mm-hmm. What's my name? Oh. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> Try and focus, Russ. <laughs> what's this D&D thing? <laughs> um... Yes, the A Touch More Class Kickstarter ends on Friday and it's just past £71,000. Woo! Which I think is rather awesome. Yes. How much is that in dollars? Uh, I know. I've got a way to find out. Yeah. Alexa, what's £71,000 in US dollars? 
71,000 pounds is 88,955 US dollars and 71 cents. There you go, 88,000 dollars. Well, nearly 89 to be fair, but yeah. So I wonder, what's, what's $100,000? Alexa, what's $100,000 in pounds? 100,000 US dollars is 79,802 pounds. Ooh, if I could make it to 79,000 by the end of the week, that'd be $100,000. That'd be pretty respectable. That'd be respectful. pretty awesome, wouldn't yeah. it? It'd be a nice round number. Yeah, put them on the mill. Yeah. But yeah, you've only got four days to do it, so yeah. Yeah. But looking good though. Yeah, I but think. you always get an uptick at the end of a Kickstarter, so... Yeah. Possible. Possible. So fingers crossed that the uh, Kickstarter servers stay up and aren't uh, DDoS by all the people desperately trying to get onto them to uh, sign up for your Kickstarter. The, <laughs> the last possible moment. That would be unfortunate, wouldn't it? That would be unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the Ennies voting's live. Uh, the Ennies. Yeah. Exciting. You can now go online and vote for your favourite products. I've gone online and voted. Have you done it yet? Nope. Make right. sure you do. Okay. Important that you do. Yes. Very important. Yes. Very, very important. Where do I vote? You vote on the Ennies website, which Ooh. is anyawards.com. Ah, yes. And any, of course, isn't spelt A-N-Y, as it's pronounced, but E-N-N-I-E. E-N-N-I-E-awards.com, yeah. Ah, using hyphens. Yeah, so then they'll be announcing the winners at Gen Con on the Friday night in a big, big, lavish ceremony. Ooh, that's, uh, what, Friday the 2nd? Yes, uh, yes, Friday 2nd of August. That would be Friday the 2nd of August. Well, there you go. Get in before then. Huh. This is a good one. Did you uh, hear about um, your RPG is shit? Yes, I did, actually. <laughs> that was very interesting. Yeah, so your RPG is shit, obviously, is this uh, basically attack site. Yes. Where um, it was anonymously run, so nobody yes. knew who was behind it. Yeah. And basically, it would it was just you know horrible. It was, you know, it would just tear apart other people work and stuff like that it was mean it was it, homophobic it, it was oh, transphobic the, 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 it was, the hate speech was it definitely was, it was all very, phobes very all phobes you can think of I think uh, if it, if it never met a phobe it didn't like yeah and and also it was just you know it was just mean it was so mean spirited it, it was not it was not constructive criticism no not the slightest well anyway the creator of that site yes managed to accidentally out himself oops because on his site, he uh, he posted a picture of someone's Facebook post that he was um, mocking. Yes. He decided he was going to post this picture of this person's Facebook post and mock it and say mean-spirited things about them. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, you know on Facebook where it's got that little reply box underneath the post? Awkward. And it shows your avatar and stuff. Super awkward. So he was logged into his account yes. when he took the screenshot and he yes. included that bit, which, made, which basically showed exactly who it was. Yeah. Which was careless, I would say. A touch, yes. Yes. And uh, the guy, um, I've forgotten his name now, but he's from Something da- Awful Games. Uh, no, it's Awfully Good Games. Awfully Good Games. David Gilliams or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to be fair, there's having, like, being looking at your RPG show and just being like, Wow, this is really interesting. And also, I must admit, to he, there's a certain other RPG author that is that was a darling before they managed to attract all the truth and infamy in the world so i was just reading and enjoying reading someone else being really mean about them Mm. because you know i'm a terrible person Mm. but it was quite interesting because then all the stuff that they were all the stuff that this author was like flagging up about why other games were bad when you went to look at the awfully good games website you could see oh yes Yes, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, because he had a real hate on for Dungeon World, didn't he? 
Yeah, so which was yeah. ironic, really. Yeah, but he published a lot of stuff for Dungeon World. Yes, and also like anything like any white space on a page hated that. Yeah. So it was making a big thing about how there's no, no white space, uh, any any art that wasn't up to their standards. Yeah. They they really hated that. So it's like making a big thing about that. It was just basically yes. There, there, then, there's very little. So then he uh, took down the website. Mm-hmm. He's also taken down his company site, oh. although he's still running a Kickstarter. Um, Bold choice. Yeah, and he's denying it everywhere. Deny, deny, deny. But, you know, if it wasn't him, why did he take down the website then? Or why did the person who owns the website take it down then, if if they had nothing to do with him? Deny, avoid, yeah. reverse, fix him and offend Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, so the website's gone now. Although I think if you use the Wayback Machine, you can probably find bits of it at least. Can't really recommend it. There's better criticism sites out there with far less weight of a feeling that you're waiting through surge. Yes, yeah. yeah. But there we go. Irony, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I don't know if it's irony, more just like um, carelessness leads to um, uh, being outing yourself. Uh, and if you value your anonymity, maybe you shouldn't yeah. spend all your time being really horrendous about your I think, co-creators. I think, I think what it is, it is really unprofessional if you are a publisher attacking oh. other publishers like that. Oh yeah. If, if, if you're a fan, it's not it's not good behaviour. But if you if you're a publisher, yeah. If you're a fan, just... it's just mild sociopathy. If you're a publisher, it's just like what are you doing? Yeah. You should know better. Uh, I mean, there's a certain element of creative types having to stick together, but. Hmm. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway. Oh, their history now. There you go. Uh, Vampire Fifth Edition. Yep. Headed up by Modifius. Ah yes. yes. Has launched an organised play campaign. How exciting. Hmm. Uh, oh, it's a shame Sam Webb didn't uh, mention that the other day uh, when he was on the podcast. Or I suppose it's... Or does that, does, would that fall under his uh, hat? Probably this was, this was before they announced it, so I presume uh, he's not allowed to pre-announce things they're about uh, to announce. There we were, hoping for an exclusive. <laughs> well, well, anyway, Sam, it's okay. We forgive you. We hmm. understand. Well, it's going to be based on their uh, The Fall of London campaign. Oh, yes, yeah. The first official chronicle for mm-hmm. uh, Vampire the Masquerade 5th edition. Mm-hmm. Um, and also they've announced a couple new products mm-hmm. that are coming out. And they are... Let's have a look. I saw them here a second ago. We have the Vampire the Masquerade 5th edition player's guide. Nice. Uh, this is a guide which has more info on clans and disciplines and new tools and an overview of all 13 kindred clans in one place. Exciting stuff. And there's also a starter set, Ooh. which is aimed at your friends who want to get started as storytellers. Okay, so uh, storyteller being the Vampire the Masquerade, Vampire the Masquerade speak for Games Master yeah. or Dungeon Master. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah, no, it sounds like uh, they've seen the success of Wizards of the Coast and Adventurers League and are hopping on that. Mm, why not? Yeah, good idea. Still, still on Modifius. Yes. John Carter with Mars. Oh, that was that was a good film. Um, dated, but entertaining books. And a role-playing game as well. Oh, well, the role-playing game's been out a while. They yes. just, they've just um, launched a whole bunch of uh, new releases for the role-playing game. Oh, fantastic. It's getting some love. Always good to hear. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what have we got? We've got um, uh, print and PDF versions of the Player's Guide. Yep. We've got the Heroes of Helium miniature set. 
The heroes of helium. Heroes of helium. Heroes of helium. I suppose, but if you had some helium, it would sound like this. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, character and token and landscape and location card decks. Interesting. Yeah, it's quite interesting. So we've got some characters here. We've got John Carter and oh. Moors Kajak. I don't know how you pronounce these people's names. Oh, that's okay. There's Deja Forest. Mattia Shang. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got... Tarkas, various yeah, locations like Barsoom from the Air yeah. or the Airship Keys. Uh, there we go. In 52 full colour tarot sized cards. Marvellous, marvellous. Lovely. Yeah, Absolutely so. lovely. I think someone's going to be very happy when that comes out. Hmm. Yeah. I shall have to look at it, have a look out for John Carter of Mars games at the next convention I'm at. Hmm. Yes. Guardian has written about D&D. What, the Guardian newspaper? The Guardian newspaper. Oh, yes. He's yes. written an article entitled No More Nerds How Dungeons and Dragons Finally Became Cool. Interesting. Basically, every major newspaper on the planet <coughs> has pretty much written a version of this article now because the Washington Post did it. Yes. And the New York Times did it. Yes. And the BBC's done it. Yes. Uh, uh, the Guardian's now doing it. So, you know, we keep, we keep getting this. It's basically the same article over and over again. And it yeah. will list a bunch of celebrities, and hmm. this one talks about this one talks about Drew Barrymore and Matthew Lillard and and people like that who are D and D fans. So, so basically, and then what they all talk can... about Stranger Things, and they all talk about yeah. It's basically whenever a commissioning editor finally gets around to binge watching Stranger Things, then they're like, "Hey, this is really interesting. Hmm. We should do something about this." Dungeons and Dragons. Talking of Stranger Things, I finally finished season three. Oh yes, excellent stuff. I preferred it to season two. Oh, interesting. I have heard that opinion as well. Um, Jess didn't really like it because there's a lot of jump scares in it. Mm, yeah, it was quite gory, this one. Was it more gory than the previous ones? I feel like it was. Uh, there was potential for gore, and they certainly did some interesting um, tricks playing around with mm. the perceptions of the viewer by having things that were impulses shot, and then it was like cutting back to... This didn't actually happen. This was just an impulse of the character, yeah. which I which I liked. It was interesting stuff. Um, yeah, I think for me, the first series remains the best because they had a wonderfully interesting and intricate mystery. I agree. First series is my favourite. Tiny, tiny ensemble cast. Mm. Lots of focus on the characters. Lots of character development. Then Stranger Things 2, they've expanded this and the mystery's less exciting. And then Stranger Things 3... Um, they have expanded once again the cast and the mystery I found interesting but it's not as compellingly mysterious yeah I mean I, there's things I like about it which I suppose I shouldn't say because it will be spoilers damn right I like not saying who them. the bad guys are yes yes no, it's, and, uh, and it's right for the 80s as well oh yeah. absolutely it's all perfect for that yeah. Um, yeah there's a lot of really well done stuff um and the ending scene, I think. Um, or the after credit scene. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. I, 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 I think that was very well judged because it puts them in a place to either carry on or not, as they see fit. Hmm. Um, right, what else have we got? Are you familiar with Kings of War? I am not. Hmm. So, Kings of War is... Is it, is it not some sort of mobile game or something? Uh, I'm having a look. Um, so basically, um, Red Scar have announced uh, a tabletop RPG of it. Okay. Uh, in, they're collaborating with Mantic Games, who are the people who created Kings of War, to bring the fantasy setting to life. 
launching on Kickstarter in August. It, it, so it is actually some sort of computer game or... Uh, it's published with the Kings of War tabletop war game. Oh, okay, right. I'm not, I'm not actually familiar no. with it, so I couldn't tell you. So, my, but, my bad, so yeah. Okay, so um, not a war gamer. It's but, yeah. It sounds like there's a Kings of War tabletop war game. They're nice. making an RPG of it Sweet. using something called the Tricore rule set. The Tricore rule yes. set. Uh, it's a lightweight system, it says. Yes. Um, uses a dice pool and a keyword mechanic. Mm, okay. That means, but um, mm. yeah. <laughs> that has been announced. Yep. Sounds like a thing. So yeah, if you're a Kings of War fan, then this is very exciting news for you. Yeah. I should write in and tell us why. Hmm. Uh, what else have we got in the news? I think that might be it. Out of news again. Could it be that in the run up to Gen Con, people are saving their, their news stuff yeah. to themselves? Yeah. Uh, Pathfinder 2. Oh, yes. So yes. Uh, Pezo have announced a sort of countdown to Pathfinder schedule yes. of kind of media things. I think mm-hmm. these are like Twitch games and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're counting down to Pathfinder with a whole bunch of different events which you can watch live. And Ooh, let me have a look and see if I can find the <coughs> list itself. I'd love to hear about the schedule. So we have got these... Uh, I won't give you the exact times, but there'll be a link in the um, show notes. Huzzah. But it's every few days, basically. It's yes. a different thing. So we start with character creation yes. with uh, Mark, I believe he's pronounced Safter. 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 Yeah. yeah. Like uh, then, uh, so these are all sort of like uh, Twitch things, as I said. Yes. Uh, we've got Playing the Game with Logan Bonner. Nice. We've got Advancing Your Character with Stephen Radney McFarland. Lovely. The World As We Know It with James Jacobs, which just talks about Galarian and the setting. Euphonic. And Running the Game with Pathfinder designer Jason Bullman. Ooh. So that's the sort of from the GM side, I guess. Sounds good. So there's one, two, three, four, five different things, and yes. uh, two of them a week, even even more than that, actually. What have we got? It started on Friday, July the 12th, so yeah, yes. last Friday. Yes. And it goes up to Friday, July the 26th. Marvellous. So if you are interested in finding out more about Pathfinder, that is the place to go. And was that a Pacific time? They're all Pacific time. Well, yeah, I didn't say any times, but... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. All available on Twitch. Good times. Yes. Right. Uh, where are we? I think that might be it now. It might actually be it. Hey, we got a, we got a review... Did we get a review? Yeah. How exciting. It was really interesting. Do you remember last week? Yes. We had a nice episode and we had Sam Webb on. Oh, Sam Webb was lovely. He was talking all about yes. the Spy Game and it was yeah. really nice. It was a really long chat about that. Yes. That's really good. I really, yeah. enjoyed, I really enjoyed that yeah, episode. That interesting. Yes. Sam was a wonderful guest. Yeah. I think it was generally a pretty good episode. Yeah. Didn't uh, you? Well, I, I thought it was good. Um, ended up backing his Kickstarter off it, I suppose. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a danger of being on this podcast. Keep on backing kickstarters from people yeah so we got a nice we got a nice we got a nice little comment from a chap called uh what's his name oh yes uh, jonathan baldridge oh yes yes um i can say this because he's posted it publicly for for everyone to see oh yes he's he's, he's saying he's saying his inside words outside out loud and he says um would you you like to read what jonathan baldridge has to say okay you spent the vast majority of the podcast not even discussing the spy game what a waste of my time! Oh, doesn't he sound nice? I, I can only assume he speaks like that. He oh, does sound nice, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. I want to be his friend now. Oh, he sounds him. such like a nice person. So lovely. Oh, bless him. Oh, I'm so sorry to have wasted your time, Jonathan Aldrich. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we we, we apologise unreservedly. I mean, you know, we have a podcast oh. called Morris's Unofficial Tabletop RPG News, and in it we we talked about some 
news, RPG news, and we did. We now realise our mistake. Yes, did we even do a sketch that week? Yeah, we did. We did do a sketch. Okay, yeah. so we we had the sketch, we had the news, but I think generally speaking, it was more than. I mean, fifty percent by volume. Yeah, but I mean, all those that sort of fifty odd episodes we've done where we've started with the RPG news. We now realise we were wrong to do that. Bad us. Bad yes, us. We should have just talked about I don't know character sheet design <laughs> for at least an hour and not edited any of that uh, out. What a lovely man, Jonathan Aldridge. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yes. Um, anyway, shall we? Shall we? Uh, if, shall we if, you, if you'd like to uh, leave us a review saying something nice. Um, that, that that would certainly uh, decrease Russ's salt level. Um, <laughs> oh, well, if you'd like to give us hate mail, then um, I promise to read it out in um, a variety of funny voices <laughs> to make you sound really silly. <laughs> it's all good. We don't mind. Oh, dear. Actually, that's like I don't mind. Russ really minds. Oh, does this look like the just so funny? So. Anyway, um, obviously, obviously, long time listener, Jonathan Baldridge. We apologise for wasting your time. Let me show you something. Look at this. Look maybe it's Jonathan. Maybe maybe it's Baldridge. This maybe to- it's Jonathan B. Baldridge. This is totally not connected. This is unconnected in every way. Um, right, what, 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 where are we? I think we've done the news, haven't we? Yes, yes. Um, we've mocked the hate mail. Um, hmm. Oh, what's one thing I did want to say? Do is. Yes. Don't know if you noticed, but last week we yes. did in fact have yes. a new theme tune. For our oh, Kickstarter game. Oh, that was amazing. It was yeah. amazing. It was fantastic. I loved it. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. Um, that was... Yes. Written by me. Yes. Sung by Dr. Wilco. Yes. Uh, who's uh, one of our friends over on the Discord. Hey, Dr. Wilco. And uh, the guitar music in the background was Daryl, our, oh, uh, our editor. Truly his man of many talents. And the tune was whoever uh, originally wrote Old Lang Syne. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to them too. Truly it's the marvel of cultural cross work. But again, thank you for that uh, stellar vocal performance from Dr. Wilco. That was awesome. I love oh. it so much. Yeah, yes. we, were, we were hoping we'd be able to fit it on and then... Once I heard this, it was like it was the best. The best. Sadly, we won't be using it this week because we haven't got a Kickstarter game this week. Yes. But Don't worry, we'll get guests on. Yes. Yeah. Next week. We're doing the Kickstarter game when we have guests. So. Whoop, whoop. Right, so in my games, I like to challenge the players, not the characters. If you need to convince a guard of something, I want you to role-play it, not just roll a charisma check. It's... Role playing with an R O L E, not R O L L. Are we all on board with this? Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. I like a group which focuses on the role playing and not the dice. Very well. Right now, where were we? Ah, yes. So you stand before King Balfrey the Fourth mm-hmm. and his royal court of seventeen grand viziers, mm-hmm. and you're about to request aid for the eighteen duchies. Okay, right, right. So I want to tell him all about the Orc Plague threatening the 18 duchies and how, if the duchies fall, the 21 kingdoms will surely be next. No, no, remember, I want you to roleplay it. Uh, uh, well, uh, my character, Charming McChomerson, has 20 charisma. I mean, he'd be able to rattle off a speech easily. Can't I just make a roll? Nope. Sorry. R-O-L-E, not R-O-L-L. Right. Hang on. I'll need to write this down first. 
Okay, sorry that took so long. Here goes. Greetings, your eminence, from the 18 duchies. I stand here before you to request your aid against the greatest threat that the duchies, and indeed the 21 kingdoms, have ever faced. Surely, if we do not stand together at this time, our world will fall before the green-skinned hordes. So the, the book stands open before you. The greatest tome of magic ever to exist. A record of spells ancient and powerful. And the only hope to save the world. Nice. Can you decipher the intricate runes before it's too late? Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, what's that? An intelligence check? <laughs> Don't be silly. Uh, you have to decipher them yourself. Here's a copy of the book, which I have painstakingly transcribed for you. Yay. Whoa. Wow. That's that's 400 pages long. We have all night. I mean, we agreed that rolling charisma checks sucks. Why would it be different for intelligence? I suppose that makes sense. So, as you reach the end of the tunnel, you suddenly find yourself teetering on the edge of a cliff. Surely hundreds of feet straight down to the jagged rocks below. The ground crumbles slightly beneath your feet. Can you stop in time and avoid falling to your certain doom? Whew. Lucky I didn't dump stat decks. Okay, so I have a plus four. No. We roleplay at this table, remember? Uh, I don't know how to do that. This is a bit silly. If you don't have to roll charisma or intelligence checks, what makes dexterity so special? Ah, uh, I guess... I have prepared for this very eventuality. Now, stand on this chair. It has only three legs. If you can maintain your balance for three minutes, your character survives. But that's ridiculous. My character is much more dexterous than I am. Hardly the point, is it? Fine. The orc bears down on you, his sword raised. Okay, your turn. Great, I attack him. I've got an 18. <clears throat> what, does an 18 hit or not? I think you're forgetting something. You're kidding, right? D&D is serious business. I never kid. Now pick up that replica sword over there and attack this dummy. Fine. Oh, God, this thing's really heavy. Um, <clears throat> there. Hmm, poor technique. And the blow was a bit feeble. That's a hit, but you only do three damage. What? That's totally not fair. I can't even roll for damage. Role-playing, remember? But aren't we taking this a bit far? The giant scorpion swings its tail around, plunging its stinger into your arm. You feel the deadly poison coursing through your veins. Oh, uh, do I have to make a constitution save? Not exactly. Wait, what's that? Uh, this bottle contains a liquid. You need to drink this. Uh, it's a cyanide on the label? Well, yes, we're role-playing your ability to resist the effects of poison. I am not drinking cyanide, mate. You're absolutely insane. Insane, am I? How would you know? Make an intelligence check.
Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys yes. us all these wonderful microphones and yes. mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires, so many wires. And all these wires. Uh, we have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And yes. those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those backers yes. get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And we sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Mm. Um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we, our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps. Yeah. Right, so yes, topic so. ah, so it begins. I have a book. You, you're a publisher, Russ. You have many, 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 many books. To be fair, I do have many books, but in my hands right now, I have a book. Oh, so you do. You see it? I do. It's nice, isn't it? Would you like to touch it? Ah, oh. was nice, isn't it? Oh licked my it. God, he it's just licked now. it. <laughs> he just licked it. Yes. Well, what we have here is we've got uh, the Expanse role playing game. Why is it now melting? Oh, sorry, did I not mention that? I'm, I'm literally <laughs> drinking battery acid. It's very refreshing. Not so good for teeth. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, what I've got here is my copy of The Expanse Role-Playing Game, which mm-hmm. I backed on Kickstarter last year, I think. Uh, yes. And this this arrived a few weeks ago, but um, I haven't had a chance to delve into it yet. Yep. And then we were going to do it last week, but then uh, Sam Webb um, was able to suddenly come on the podcast. So oh, we do uh, prefer guests. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're doing it this week, and here we Bizarre. have The Expanse role-playing game. Yes, for those of you not somehow not familiar with The Expanse, it is a story of science fiction set in, largely in, the solar system. Uh, all about humans going around doing human things, but there are some strange and bizarre things, a sort of grey goo incident hmm. um, maybe coming along. Uh, yeah, so it... What I'm seeing from the front cover is we've got, um, I'm going to guess, an Indian lady is speaking to what looks like the United Nations. Uh, we have uh, a pilot working away on some sort of like uh, b- b- hovering in the air holographic display. And I'm going to get the guess, bearing in mind it's a red surface, that's one of the uh, Martian, Martian Marines. Hmm. So just, just to put it into context a little bit, what's your sort of experience and knowledge of the expanse? Well, I've read at least six books, maybe seven. I was reading them on Kindle. Yeah. Because it makes them much more portable. Um, have you seen the show? I have tried watching the first series, mm-hmm. and um, then the people I was watching with all fell asleep. Um, so I sort of took the hint. I did find the Belter Patois very hard to follow mm. when spoken. It's a lot easier to decode when you see it written down right. if you're prepared to have a shot at various languages. And even then, it's a bit tricky. 
So I think my experience is the opposite of yours then. So okay. I, I read the first book. Yes. Um, but I haven't read any more than that. Mm-hmm. But I'm halfway through season three of the TV show. Exciting. So you probably know a lot more plot, well, considerably more plot-wise than I, I do. I did, I did watch, we did jump back in with season two mm-hmm. because we're told that the whole of season one did not finish the book but got most of the way through it. Mm. So that's that's where that's where I'm coming from. And yeah, it, it, it looks all right. Things are things are good, but um, yeah. Um, I, I really love the books, but yeah. Uh, just in, I guess that's one of the things. If you like the books, it makes it much harder to make the connection to characters on the screen. I enjoy the TV show. I, yeah, that's I great. It took, I found it was it it was a, it was a slow burn getting into it. It was only about sort of like four or five episodes in the first series where I started to, I started to really gel with it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm you know now I'm I'm quite well hooked. Yes, indeed. Um, so this is the role playing game. Yes, published by Green Ronin. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, it's a hardcover color book. And, um, well, mm-hmm. we know what our readers really want to know. Absolutely. Readers? Listeners. <laughs> Listeners really want to know. I've got you saying it now. What uh, does it weigh? Ah, uh, very well. We shall get the scales out. Let's find out um, what the Expanse role-playing game weighs. Okay, let's uh, switch that on. Switch that on. Switch those scales on. Yeah. Are you ready? Scales ready. We place it delicately upon the scales. The tension mounts. The numbers change. Oh, looks like it's uh, coming in at 802 grams. Ooh. Or a hefty one pound, 12 and three eighths ounces. Wow, there we go. There we go. Fantastic. That's the weight of knowledge that you have acquired here. Does that mean our review is now complete? Uh, And we've covered the most important thing. Yeah, for all practical intents and purposes. uh, (laughs) We might as well talk about the contents as well. Yeah. Since since, since we're here. Well, we'll we'll, we'll do do some filler episodes in case we... uh, Uh, so this is the wrath of Mr. Ald- Mr. Baldridge once again. So one of the first things you notice when you open the book, right? Oh, yes. You can hear this on the podcast, probably me unfolding this, but um, this is... Um, it's perfect podcast material. Between us, stand up. Yes. So this is a poster map of the solar system. Yes. Can you see it? Yeah. Oh, well, I can see it, but the yeah. listeners probably can't. No, the listeners can't, yeah. Yes. No, it's just that the sun's really shining on it there. Um, oh, no, no. Oh, what's that? Uh, that's the sun that it's actually... Yeah. Printed on the paper, for us, it's not actually that bright. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we've got a poster map of the solar system. Yep. And the poster map has tables on it, sort of surrounding the edges of things like average communication time between locations in minutes. Yes. Travel time, average ta- travel time between locations oh, in yes. hours. Uh, it's got like uh, different, um, well, different multiples of G mm. uh, being gravity. One yeah. of the core conceit which is very quickly brought up in the books is there is a constant acceleration drive that's not really physically feasible but as part of the story they make it work so yeah um yeah. it's not it's nice to have the different options i think it's, yeah and like so the expanse is kind of a hard sci-fi setting with some exceptions yeah yeah basically isn't it so it's it's it, it, it's it's fairly ch- it's they fairly talk about delta v's yeah. and they talk about um changes of acceleration yes. and all this sort of stuff um so you know it's uh uh, uh, people who grow up in different um, environments. Yes. Like if you grow up on an asteroid, like a uh, uh, series. Yes. Um, as a belter. As, as a belter, you're going to yes. find the gravity on Earth very, very hard to endure, for example. Well, yes. <laughs> it's a lot more than you're used to. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, um, I, I have had chance to read this book. Yes, I have not. Uh, it's very, very pretty. Okay. It's uh, full colour, if you have a look at this. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, okay. Flick through all lots of nice layout yeah 
the artwork looks pretty consistent, and there's quite a bit of it actually. Yeah, uh, and there's a lot of color. Um, yeah, it's gorgeous. Getting some nice character pictures. So there's Naomi, which was one of the characters in the. Uh, oh yes, yes. They don't look the same as they do on screen, but obviously they wouldn't because this is based on the books rather than. Yeah, they haven't got the actress likenesses. Yeah. Ah, um, uh, yes, yeah, Bobby Draper, marvelous. Uh, oh, Alex. Alex. Yeah. Oh, Alex. Uh, who else do we have? Amos. Yeah. So he uh, looks totally different, doesn't he? Yes. Oh goodness. Yes. He. Um, yeah. That face looks like it's been ridden hard and then put away wet. <laughs> right. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, are you familiar with the age system at all? Uh, the adventure game engine, mm. in no way. I know they created it for Dragon Age, yeah. but that well, is... Let me try and explain what? it very briefly, as far as I understand it. Go I've never played it. Yes. Um, literally, I'm getting this from my read-through of this book. Yes. So, um, uh, it's a 3D6 system. Yes. Um, most of the time, we're going to be rolling 3D6. Yes. Like in GURPS. Um, like in GURPS. Uh, you get a bonus from minus two to plus four, depending on your attributes. Okay. So um, it's got nine attributes, and I can't remember them all, but there's yes. strength, there's accuracy, there's, um, there's communication. All... There's, yeah, there's, there's nine different attributes. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, and just, I'm just looking, having a quick look for a character sheet. E- yeah. Oh, each, each will give you a score from minus two to plus four, with one being the average... For, oh. a, for a sort of a normal human. Okay, so you've got accuracy, communication, constitution, dexterity, fighting, intelligence, perception, strength, and willpower. Yeah, yeah okay. So you roll your 3d6, yeah. add your minus 2 to plus 4, yep. and uh, you try to beat the target number, depending on what the difficulty of the task is. Okay. Very simple, straightforward yeah. thing. Sounds good. Uh, one of the dice, one of your 3d6, yes. is going to be a different colour. Okay. And that's called your stunt dice. Ooh. And uh, what happens is if you roll two... If you roll two numbers the same, yes, um, you look at your stunt dice, yes, and you get that many stunt points. Did that make sense? Oh yes. So, you, so, you so, if, three, you, so if you've got two white dice, which are regularized, and you've got a red stunt dice, yeah, that's the three dice you roll. Yeah. Then you roll. Ba, ba, ba. You roll your three d six. Yes, you roll your three d six. If you get a double on your white dice, a uh, double on any of them, I think. Oh, any, including, any, yeah. including the stunt yeah. dice. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then right. the number on the stunt dice tells you how many stunt points you get. Now, these stunt points yes. you can spend mm-hmm. on doing special abilities and maneuvers or getting special bonuses or basically doing stunts. And uh, every type of activity, whether it's fighting or flying mm-hmm. a spaceship or a social yeah. encounter, they've got tables of, you know, different stunts and the co- their costs. Yes, yeah. Okay. So depending on how many stunt points you've got, you can do a better stunt. If you've just got two stunt points, you can do a less good stunt. Okay, makes sense, makes sense. So you basically, you, 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 you earn these stunt dice, part, yeah, mainly by luck, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and then you just spend them on, on the special abilities. Okay, yeah. Um, is there, like, a target number that you're generally going for when you're running your 3D6? Yeah, well, it depends on the difficulty of the task. So they've got a table with different, right. uh, starting with easy, going up to nigh impossible. Oh, okay. And there's, I think it's two points from each. So they start, mm-hmm. so they go up as far as about 24-ish, I think. Okay, yeah. So it starts... Uh, oh, maybe 22 24 yeah. now if you rolled 18 and you had plus 4 that'd be 22 maybe yeah. 22 and there's a possibility to get another plus 2 from um, something called a focus right. which just means something you're really good at okay yep so that'd be giving you a massive uh, 24 place. 24 yeah really so that's basically the system it's a fairly simple straightforward system fairly easy to understand yeah I haven't tried it in practice but it seems to me like it would you know, it would play it, well and fast. Yeah, um, it all looks fairly clean and well laid out. 
fairly system light in many ways. Hmm. There's a variety of conditions that you would ex- that you could expect to have inflicted on you, and they yeah. appear to be included on the. Uh, well, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of D20 system DNA in there. I can see. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, um, so a uh, character. So there's. There's no levels as such, although you do kind of level up. Mm, so mm. your GM tells you, or yeah, I think they call them the GM. Yeah, there's a game master in this. Uh, he tells you when you've leveled up. So you don't have mm-hmm. XP. You just, it's just kind of milestone leveling. Okay. And when you level up, you just get a whole bunch of things which you can add to your character. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you have a, a number of different facets to your character. Yep. Uh, so when, when, you, when you're creating the character, you start mm-hmm. with, I want to say a race. I don't think they called it a race, though, uh, mm-hmm. because your choices are Earther, Mars, or oh, Delta. Yeah. Like different, so, which culture you come from? Yeah, yeah. so it's just, it's just the three, um, just three choices there. Yeah, uh, you choose um, a, a background, mm-hmm. which is kind of how you grew up, sort of thing. Okay. Uh, you choose a profession, which is what you do now. Yep. And you choose another few little bits and pieces, and each of these things gives you sort of attribute points, or it gives you. Um, abilities or focuses or talents and things like that so they all just kind of stack on top of each other yeah people in a role-playing game now uh, so this is a section on spaceships and space travel yeah, yeah um as you can see there's a lot of sort of scientific stuff in this so we're yeah. talking about thrust and mass and velocity and delta yeah. v's and spin and um it just discusses oh, yes, the, the epsilon drive, drive. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that constant acceleration drive yeah we've um, we got, we got trajectories and retrograde and prograde and lots and lots and lots of stuff like thrust to weight ratio orbit transfers and all this sort of stuff oh goodness uh, do you think things like uh apoapsis and periapsis might be uh intimidating or this is kind of more background reading than hard rules it's okay. just it's just it's, i think it's kind of more sort of just setting the tone like this is the setting that you're dealing with does sort of talk about that sort of stuff in a hard sci-fi kind of way okay i don't think you actually have to calculate them or anything so a poapsis is apparently okay that's the highest point from an object perhaps this is the lowest yeah and then oh apoapsis is also known as apogee it's like space travel it'll just sort of say right the average distance between earth and jupiter is this and obviously the distance changes all the time depending on their relative positions in the solar system well, but, yeah, yeah. as but, you point out, I haven't read this, yeah. so how much of this is relevant? Uh, well, it was, it's, it's interesting, and it sets yeah. the tone, I think, is oh, essentially. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fluff material. Okay, yes. Uh, one man's rocket science and another man's fluff. Uh, I, I find it fascinating. I absolutely no, love it. Absolutely. I absolutely love that sort of stuff. No. I'm, I'm well into hard sci-fi and all that. No, I mean, I include quite a lot of sort of stuff in my games as well, because I just mm. find mm. it really interesting. And yeah. I like the idea of the game being slightly educational as well. Yeah, definitely. You learn, yeah. you learn something where you play it. Mm. <laughs> okay. Why not? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've got these tables here. Average distance between locations in AU. So like the average distance between I don't know Saturn and Pluto is twenty nine point nine seven AU. Yes. And then uh, you've got average travel times and average communication times as yeah, well. Yeah, you've been what the astronomical unit, which yeah. is the length of time it takes. It's the distance between the Earth, Earth and the Sun, sun. So yeah. ninety three million miles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, then we've got spaceships here. Mm. So ships have fairly small stat blocks. Yes. Um, and it looks like space combat is fairly simple. Mm. But here's, here's some spaceships here. Look. So you see that the stat blocks are basically um, mm. smaller than a credit card-sized section there. Yep. Um, so you've got size, well, hull, crew. Well, they, those are all like very, very small ships. Have we got... Yeah, so we, we can go through to some larger ones. Oh, okay. So oh. a large freighter, a battleship here. Okay, but they still are getting slightly longer, but... but they're still fairly small stat box. So mm. not, it's nice and simple to run. 
Okay, yeah. Makes At least sense. as far as I can tell. Again, I haven't tried it, but it looks simple to run. Yeah. It's, a, it's a narrative um, Starship combat system, so you don't have to mm-hmm. have miniatures or anything like that. You just yeah. have three different ranges, which is uh, long, medium, and short. Yes. Uh, and you can change the ranges on your turn. Yes, close, medium, and long, in fact. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what uh, else do we have in here? Uh, why? Yeah, sorry. Never mind. All right, yeah. Okay, so talents. Uh, All lots of talents, ways to customise your characters. Yeah, yeah, lots and lots of abilities here. I I guess they're kind of equivalent to feats. I I do like the fact that they've uh, decided to make it go just basically off the skill, and the skills are plus one, plus two, Mm. rather than having to consult a table. Yeah. Yes. Okay, communication, perception, misdirection. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're kind of like feats, aren't they? They're the sort of equivalent of. Yeah. Oh. Equipment nice. section on equipment here. Um, so it's quite oh, interesting is... the way they handle wealth and buying equipment and stuff. So you yeah. don't keep track of wealth. Okay. Um, you just have an income score. Okay. And if you want to buy something, yes. um, it will have a difficulty to purchase. You roll your income th- dice. Okay. And if you beat it, you're able to buy it. If okay. you fail, you can't afford it at this time. No. Uh, and if you buy something that's, I think it's like 10 points higher than, if you manage to succeed to buy something that's 10 points higher than your income score, mm-hmm. it represents a massive expenditure of your resources and your income score actually goes down. Oh. But otherwise, it's it doesn't affect your income. Interesting. Yeah. I thought that was quite a clever idea. I mean, it's not new. That's, uh, I mean, D20 Modern did that and I'm sure probably many, many games did that before then. Okay. There's a, Information on various equipment, drones, mechs, environment suits, okay. weapons. It's got names for, okay, various different types of weapons. Yeah. Does it, uh, I'm expecting a table, I'll be honest. Uh, grenades. Well, they're quite small. They don't like list lots of weapon names and stuff like that. They just, oh, okay. they just do it by weapon types. You've got pistol, rifle, grenade, oh, okay. heavy, close, you know, so, that sort of thing. So if you're really interested in the kit side of things... Then, it's a bit more abstract, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, little, it's, it's pretty heavily abstracted, yeah. which yeah, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, and then armour. Yeah. Essentially, you've got padding, light, medium, heavy, and power armour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your choices there. Uh, yeah, and descriptions of these, yeah. Yeah, uh, lots and lots of descriptions of equipment, medicine, pharmaceuticals. Style, yeah. And then we jump straight into the gameplay. Oh, okay, yeah. So, I mean, it's, qu- it's the best questions I always look for is... Yeah. How does initiative work? Uh, it's fairly standard, fairly similar to D&D. Okay, and are the grapple rules going to require me to get a separate flowchart for the table? <laughs> Is it basically a separate combat system that's being run in parallel? I don't think it has specific grapple rules. Okay. At least I didn't spot any. I could double check it, but... Um... Uh, we don't appear to be seeing any. No, I don't think they have, no. Yeah, no, it okay. doesn't have specific grapple rules. I mean, the combat is fairly simple. Oh, they got rules for traces, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, traces and all these different things yeah. are just examples of sort of opposed um, skill checks yeah, and things like that. And these pretty... are stunts. So remember I mentioned oh, yeah. stunts? Oh, yes, yeah. So you get these big tables just with different costs for stunts. So you've mm-hmm. got chase stunts, and you might have, I don't know, interference. A character mm-hmm. of your choice suffers a minus two penalty on the next chase test. Mm-hmm. Or combat stunts. Guardian angel, choose an ally within five metres... If they would take damage before your next turn, one damage point per stunt point spent transfers to you uh, instead. Yeah. Things like that. So, uh, that Or taunt, sense. vicious blow, shock and awe, lightning attack, yeah. Yeah. gun stunts, 
grappling stunts. Uh, maybe that's where the grappling comes yeah. in. Yeah. So, so they've got grappling, but they've actually tied it in so it's also yeah. like a regular pickaxe. Okay, that's quite a clever way to do it. Uh, so yeah, I do want to prove this. You've got takedowns, human shields, strangles, hostages. Oh, goodness. Melee stunts, vehicle combat stunts. So and they all have a skill point cost, so various stunt things. Point will, cost, yeah. yeah, yeah. Infiltration stunts, exploration stunts, oh. so everything you can do. It's basically stunts. stunt. Okay. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's basically a very, very quick overview. I I, oh. I like it. I think the, the system feels very familiar to me. Yeah. I mean, having played D20 games, mm-hmm. I can definitely see the D20 DNA in there. I think if you've played a D20 game, mm-hmm. you'll pick this up just like that. Yeah. Really yeah. super simple. Mm-hmm. Um, it's maybe a, a tad more narrative than I like. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, yeah, because I know you quite like to have like tables and tables of um, things. <laughs> tables and tables of things. things. <laughs> uh, you, you laugh like a man who does not have three separate polearm tables <laughs> in his book of old. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, but nothing. <laughs> you don't need to use that table at the game at the game table though. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah, it looks. Um, I also got some nice static values there. I'm seeing for creating a character. Mm. Yeah, no, it looks like they've got a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, obviously, the only way to really tell how something works is to play through it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely a narrative, a lot of narrative DNA in this, mm. which, to be honest, is probably quite useful. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, the setting of this, yeah. um, it only has stuff in it as far as spoilers for book two. When the space station crashes into Venus, which is quite right. early on, second book. Yes, spoilers so, for. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. I, I couldn't think of any other way to communicate that, but um, yeah. it's. Um, well, well, yeah, that's, what, that's what, the what default setting. It's like book book two. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't tell you anything beyond that. So right. I don't. I, I having read this book, I don't really know anything beyond that. No, no makes sense. Makes um, sense. Uh, they say that future books and future supplements will cover later later events in the series, which is really good. Yeah. Oh, so, get to it, yeah. so if you if you read this book, you won't get super spoiled. No. On no. On, on the TV show or the or the, or the novels, oh, which I, I think is kind I, of cool. I did notice a couple of things as I went through. There's so, bits, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. bits, but 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 nothing that's not out of the published material. Yeah. So far. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah um, it, it's got guidelines for when you want to set the game, so it assumes yeah. you're going to set it at that time, but you can set it before the events of the expanse earlier in nice. history, or even after the end of the expanse. I mean, I can't tell you what after that's the, like after, uh, after the end of the books completely. Caliban's oh. War is that the last one? Or no, no, not by a long way. No, um, no I can't remember. Yeah, Persephone something. Oh, okay. Um, I was having a look at that earlier. But yes, there's about seven or eight books. Yeah. Um, and yeah. there's, um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of material out there. It would be hard to set it after the end of the books. But yeah, okay, fair enough. Are the books finished? No. No, I don't think so. No, there's still more to go. I, I don't know. I haven't read the last one. Oh, but okay. It, I would be surprised if they had managed to finish it. Hmm. Um, in one book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's quite there's there's a big big old lot of information to digest and explore but yeah um no it, it looks pretty interesting and like uh, certainly following along maybe on parallel or like very close to the plot of the expanse series 
would not be the worst thing you could do. Um, you could. I mean, it does kind of suggest that, generally speaking, that's not what you're going to be doing. Well, yeah, because um, players being players, they're all just going through their own things. Yeah. Especially if they've So it the sort of discusses things like, I don't know, some political uprising on a space station that you're yep. dealing with, or this or that. So you don't have to be engaged with the main TV series or... Oh, absolutely. At all. No, no. Um, there, there's, there's definitely a very good sandbox uh, feel to... It kind of feels like you could sort of do Firefly with it. If you take out the main plot, Mm. you're basically talking, you could be talking a lot of sort of just like traders flying around a single solar system, just trying to make a living as mercenaries or or something like that. Yeah, tricky because there's not that much space for mercenaries in the game has set. Oh, it it would not be on like a sort of a... Um, nation war. Well, there's lots of cargo. Well, there's lots of cargo haulers, and there's water yes. haulers and stuff like that. Oh, oh absolutely, absolutely. And, and Firefly is basically just a hauler. Isn't it, it, it would be mercenaries, but more on the level of um, private police mm-hmm. and maybe investigators, yeah, rather than as I was thinking of it, like people saying their services. Well, there's going to be corners of the setting that the TV show and the books don't explore. Oh, well, indeed, indeed. Um, Which would be fun for players to explore. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, indeed, it could be very interesting. Your imagination is the limit. Mm. Yeah, I'd certainly be interested in things like um, Adventure Path. Mm That would be a very good strip. And further source Mm. books and setting books. There's one free adventure in the back of this, which I won't spoil. It's fairly sort of simple. Thank (laughs) you. Simple, basic adventure. I mean, my overall impression of this is Mm. I like it. Mm-hmm. I feel like the system, this is the first time I've really been exposed to the system, yep. uh, looks like, especially given the fact that I'm familiar with D20-based stuff, I could pick up real, you know, really easily. I don't think I'd hmm. struggle picking that up within one session in the slightest. No, no. it looks all pretty simple. There's no yeah. massive amounts of complexity, so yeah. Uh, the, setting, the setting, I mean, I like the idea of hard sci-fi settings. I think... You know, if you didn't, I think if you didn't want to necessarily play in the Expanse world, yes. you could use it as a generic hard sci-fi game as well. Oh. And I think it would work well like that. Yes. I mean, I suppose one thing we should probably mention is that playing an alien race is uh, not on the table. No, no, it's just it's just Martians, Belters and humans. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, there's uh, plenty of um, interesting, interesting artwork. Oh, the art's great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crammed full of colour artwork. Yes. Um, it's interesting how, like, obviously they don't envisage things exactly the same way as they do on the TV show. No, no. So I'm used to seeing characters as they are on the TV show, and they yeah, look yeah. totally different in here. Which yeah. is fine, you know. I mean, yeah. that happens with Lord of the Rings, and it happens with all sorts of licensed oh, of stuff, so. because the licences for the books and the shows are different. Well, I find that actually quite reassuring, mm-hmm. because it means that they're like, they are paying more attention to the books and drawing... Well, it seems there. that the authors, James S.A. Corey, which is a pen name for two two people, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Um, it seems they were um, uh, largely involved in this. They've, rich, they've written a foreword here, yep. where they say that uh, Green One and let them, you know, really get involved with the development of the system, and well, mm. not the system, but the, the, the game. Yes. And they've also got a, a, a story called The Last Flight of the Cassandra. It's a short story, which is like one, two, three, four, five pages long, which Ooh. I've read, which I which I like. Nice. I assume this is unique to this book. Uh, yeah, it looks interesting. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that before. Yeah. So, so there's a short story there. Yeah. And there we go. That's, that's basically it. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's very well laid out. I love the layout of it. Yeah. Very simple, very clear. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, they've got sort of drama dice, yes. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that a 7th C thing that I'm thinking of? What's that? No, the drama, the drama dice? That's that red dice of your 3D6. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was, have you played 7th C? I have not played 7th C. I understand there to be a drama dice there. Okay. So, yeah. okay. I'd be, I'd, ha- I'd need to go and do some research. Fair but enough. I've, no, I've not played 7th C. You want to talk to Andy Peregrine about that? That's his favourite game. Yeah, he nice. does like that game very much. Yeah. There we go. That's the Wrong. expense. Yes. So we've got a very special edition about Pathfinder 2nd edition. We'll be doing that, yeah. As soon yeah. as soon as we're legally allowed to. Absolutely. Yeah. Which um, is after August the 1st. Yes. Well, yes, obviously we can't do anything before it becomes available. But like... Uh, oh, well, maybe we could ask our listeners to have the questions they're most desperate to have answered about Pathfinder 2nd edition. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, so so listeners, if you have questions about Pathfinder Second Edition, give them to us as soon as possible. Yeah, because we'll need time to research, research the answer. Because bear in mind, we're not going to be experts at Pathfinder Second Edition. Nope. Um, and if you just ask us out of the blue, we're probably going to go, oh, I don't know. But if you give us yeah. time, yes, we'll research the answers. And when when we do our Pathfinder episode, we will answer those questions. And if you're a patron supporter, definitely one hundred percent. Yes, we will absolutely answer your question. Yeah. To the best of our ability. The people the people giving us money to make this podcast happen, I'm sorry, but they get to be first in the queue. Mm-hmm. Queue jumping! Huzzah! Um, I think that's probably it for the week, then. I think we are, probably quite, are. quite a snappy little hour and a half there. I know. It's almost like we've done this before. Hmm. It would be a shame, in fact, if after like the previous, what, 56 episodes, we had not, in fact, got in some way better. Maybe we've gotten worse. But, Listeners, let us know. Have we gotten better or have we gotten worse? Russ has gotten worse. <laughs> tell him that. That'll make him really happy. <laughs> and tell him, why we, did you do an episode about The Expanse and spend so long, so little time talking about The Expanse? That'll really cheer him up. <laughs> oh, I remember Sam, it's rubbish as well. He really enjoys that. I do, I do, I do. He, actually, spoilers, he may not enjoy that. <laughs> Friends, if you say it wittily, I might. Yeah. That's a harder ask than you might think. Yes. Anyway, yeah. But anyway, so um, it's been uh, an interesting time. I've certainly learned a lot about the adventure game engine, the expanse role-playing game, and uh, the latest news. So uh, thanks for having me on. I will be back here, same back time, same back place next week. Yeah. Yeah, that's goodbye for me then. Bye for me. Goodbye. Apparently I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.